0: The M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time.
2: Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: Now, from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back, Tutel and Nuanez. hour number two. Great to be with you here on this uh, very fine. What is this? Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, on your televisions, on your uh, internets, as the case may be. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tellin' New Ones podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, all over, everywhere. You can check out the podcast thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Uh, if you would uh, like to go ahead and give us a call, you can do that as well 361 3688. the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankin Brothers RV phone line. You can also go ahead and text that phone number, text that phone number, uh, and uh, give us your feedback. Breaking news. Colter is you ready? Ready. The Pac-12 will play a seven-game football season starting in November. Great. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to uh, watch us, you can see us on the YouTube. Uh, Coulter's uh, intonation belies the the light shooting out of his fingertips with just pure joy and uh, ecstasy over the news that there's more college football to be played here in this fall slash winter, etc.
0: We have a crisis in leadership in America. Across the board, it just can't be. It just can't be. And this is such a prime example of it, man.
1: November 6th, the decision was voted on by the Pac-12 CEO group on Thursday, and it represents an official reversal after the conference announced in August that it would suspend all sports until at least January 1st. So uh, maybe this also opens the door to bring back basketball, which would actually be more impactful at the Big Sky level when you talk about all the teams that had money games set up with Pac-12 opponents that
0: were... You know Resumably off the board Well if they're only playing Seven games They're not bringing back Money games I'm I'm talking about Basketball now Oh sure I'm
1: just saying Because now This is a sport That is being played Prior to January 1 Right which basketball had been pushed until, so if they've opened well, they, this they, door... They already,
0: they, no, they already confirmed last week that November 25th is when basketball
1: will start. Well, they 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 did at the NCAA level, at the national level. Sure. I don't know that the conference had made that right, determination. Okay. And I still don't know that the conference has made that determination for from a basketball standpoint. But if they've done this for football, perhaps uh, basketball is shortly
0: there behind. I don't mean to be cynical about this. From this pure sports perspective, yay. More football. Great. I'm into it. I just want to see the football be quality. I just don't know how it can become quality. NFL guys are professionals. So the NFL is high quality because these guys, they do, it's their job. They pour their heart and soul into being ready to play. So the, the level has not dissipated despite the quarantine. I don't know how college kids can possibly play at the highest level that they're capable of given already the uh, domineering rules in, instituted by the NCAA, but then the fact that they haven't been able to hardly train whatsoever to get to this point, And it just, it also just seems so silly to me to have this waffling back and forth. I just, I hate it for these kids.
1: Well, it's still six weeks away, so we'll see, you know, maybe uh, what uh, what preparation is able to be done. Also, of course, this is going to open the next question of should Pac- a Pac 12 team potentially uh, be eligible for the playoff? Right. playing only 7 games and I think there's going to be a lot of naysayers to that. So, we'll see. But it doesn't bother me.
0: It it just it it's just reaffirming all the parts that are hard to deal with. It's it, sports are supposed to be about the love of the game and that's just not what it is and I just I I just don't know how you justify postponing or then canceling or whatever you want to call it and then bringing it back but then every other sports just gone still like what about all the other fall sports what about all the female athletes like it just seems so ridiculous that we're doing this endless merry-go-round for college football
1: i don't know what to tell you man it's a whole different it's a whole different thing it's not even the same entity
0: i know I just don't like... When you can watch a sporting event for a very small amount of time and realize that the performers are not performing at their best level, it's not a sporting event I'm interested in watching.
1: Man, I am. I know, but that's because you
0: have nothing else to do.
1: Oh, yes, nothing. Nothing (laughs) whatsoever. Yeah, no kids, no wife, no job, just sitting around waiting for the Mac to play on a Tuesday. Uh, All right, Coulter, uh, this... uh, segues seamlessly into what we wanted to talk about in this segment for the next 10 minutes or so. And that is, uh, in the world of sports, this is not about 2020. It's not about COVID. It's not about, you know, playing, not playing anything. It's just about the modernization of sports in general. There have been... Positives to it and negatives to it. And we wanted to discuss what are those things? What is better about sports now than they have ever been? And what is maybe been some downfalls or drawbacks of sports? And we haven't discussed with each other our, which, you know, which things we're going to pick up, which threads we're going to pick up, because there's probably there's probably hundreds of each if you really wanted to you know, go down all the all the different rabbit holes that you could on this. But I'll let you start, Coulter. And uh, since you're in such an overwhelmingly positive mood, why don't you tell me some of the things that you think aren't as good now as they once were?
0: Well, I'll start with the actually I'll start with the good, because I think that one of the things that you and i have discussed a lot over the last 6 months is with the the massive unrest in our country and the fast the fact that there's so many people that are having such a hard time getting along that sports is such a phenomenal example of how people can and do get along and work together and I think that the sports that we cover specifically at the college level in Montana is such a great example of how people from utterly different backgrounds. I mean, you've made this joke with a couple of people. You said it to Will Cherry the other day because Will Cherry, spent former University of Montana basketball player, he spent most of his adult life playing overseas. But we asked him about what it was like when he first traveled internationally. And you made the joke of, well, hey, you already moved to a foreign country once before. You moved from Oakland to Missoula. Right. It's true, though. <laughs> it is a vastly different thing. And then, yep. you know, to see Will Cherry mesh and acclimate with guys like Kareem Jamar and, but more importantly, guys like Matthias Ward, from drastically different backgrounds, that's cool. Yeah, playing for a coach like Wayne Tickle from a totally different background too. It's cool. It's awesome. It's it's sweet to see. It's 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 the best example to me of multiculturalism and the way that people uh, and race relations. And so I think that the number one thing that you can point to towards what's so great about sports in 2020 is I think that by and large sports athletics is a true meritocracy and it's become completely desegregated. And I think that that's an amazing thing. You see guys from all over the world playing in the NBA. I mean, you look yeah. at the NBA playoffs at a given time, you got dudes from Eastern Europe playing with dudes from inner city, Chicago playing with dudes from, you know, South America. They're from everywhere. And I think that's awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, I think, look, man, I think there's, I think that's a great, a great one. That's a really great one. I think there's a, a, a lot of them to it. I'm going to go, Couple of different ways with this. Um, first of all, selfishly, the sports at, at this modern time have never been more available or more uh, beautifully and wonderfully produced for our, particularly television, but any media consumption than they are right now. And I am uh, I'm very grateful for the DVR. I mean, the amount of sports that I would not be watching, that I would be wanting to watch and upset that I was missing without being able to record the doggone thing. It's just next level. And this is one of those modern inventions. A lot of the modern stuff, I'm like, I don't know how I live with it. This is the one where I'm like, I don't know how people lived without this thing. The old DVR keeping it for them so that they could have dinner with their families and then just watch a game in like 43 minutes, you know? So that's the first thing on my own personal level.
0: It also takes such a massive either uh, negligence or self-discipline to be able to do that because you never spoil it for yourself.
1: No, I don't. I am in a cone of silence. I never answer my phone. I don't return texts. I don't do anything like that.
0: Yeah. Most, most people don't have that ability, man. Uh,
1: it's, it's on them, Sorry, It's on them. Uh, anyway, the other thing that I think, first of all, I think that sports um, are basically better than they've ever been in terms of the level at which they're being played. I mean, the way what we are seeing athletes do now in in a broad scope has basically never really been done before. And, and you talk about, you know, even like the last dance. Michael Jordan, there's a scene in The Last Dance where it's like pregame or whatever, and Michael Jordan's talking smack shocking to somebody on his own team about shooting a shot from about 30 feet near the out-of-bounds line, just like you step inbounds and shoot it, and this guy, whoever it is, shoots and, of course, misses, and Michael Jordan steps up there and drills the shot, and it is with utter amazement that the ball goes through the hoop with his teammates. This is Michael Jordan. He made a 30-foot shot, uncontested, pregame, and everybody's like, I just can't. He's just too good. He's just too good. How does he do it? We're seeing 35, 36-foot three-pointers made routinely by a handful of players in games in the league and it is stunning it is jaw on the floor level stuff but that is an example of a progression i realize the shooting aspect of basketball is obviously better than it's ever been maybe the center play in basketball is not better than it's ever been so maybe it's a shift okay fine that's all well and good what i'm saying is no one ever would have believed that Steph Curry and James Harden and and Damian Lillard and and a seven-foot Kevin Durant are doing what they're doing with a basketball. Never, never. And so that is the stuff that's awesome to me. Football, some of it is the athletes. A lot of it is the style, the progression of the actual sport itself. And the equipment. But every, I mean, everything, certainly. But it is a whole different game than it was in the... In the 90s, you can talk about, well, you know, you can't hit anybody anymore. And some of this like... I don't know if people <laughs> watch the NFL. You can still hit people. Yeah, I promise. But, I mean, like, the quarterback stuff is somewhat exhausting to me. And the the, the, the pass interference sure. stuff. Okay. But the game is relentlessly entertaining. I mean, what, what right. used to be 9 to 6, you know, because everybody just stood in the middle and had a rugby scrum for 60 minutes compared to what we got now is just it's just incomprehensibly great. So those are the things that are that uh I I like. One other thing that I think is a positive too is and this is sort of mirroring society to some extent, but, you know it used to be I mean if you you can go way you can go back in human history, right? And 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 have the working class and often not working with any amount of freedom you're working because you had to you were born into a certain caste system, whatever the case may be. And we know the horrors of of that going, you know, all the way through human history. But even in two relatively modern times, the last hundred years or so, you talk about, you know, working for the corporation or the business or whatever workers rights not having it not being able to unionize especially here in Montana you talk about the mines the Anaconda Copper Company and and how Butte was on the forefront of trying to band together as hundreds and hundreds of miners are just dying because conditions are either unsafe or unsanitary or whatever the case may be anyway point being we have come to a point now where you know. Corporate America, businesses still wield a lot of power, and that's, I don't know that that's necessarily good or bad, that's fine, but also the employees, the workers, also have the ability to, uh, you know, and the freedom to stay or go, if they choose, or to try and come together to create a better atmosphere, a better situation for themselves, and I think you see this in sports tremendously, man. It used to be, you go and you play, and you take your paycheck, and you go home, and that's it. You know, And now guys are being not just allowed to, but asked to to be who they are and in fact to lead from their position of of what they're about. And I'm not talking about this even in a social arena, though certainly we're seeing that, but I'm talking about this in terms of the general manager in the NBA used to be the guy who put the team together. Now the players are the ones who put the team together. And that for a long time was met with great resistance from a whole Mm -hmm. lot of people. And yet... There is a level at which the players who have, who are the ones who are doing it. They are not. They are. They are being paid well, but they're also the performers. They're also the workers in all of this, and they have, um, I think, showed a way to still create something that's wonderful for everybody who's consuming it, and also do it in a way that allows them independence, autonomy, and a modicum of power within this structure that is owner president GM coach and so on and it's not power we're taking it you don't have any it is it is coming together as a group that is it's still hierarchical and certainly the money still flows down I mean the the owners are still getting theirs okay don't kid yourself on that but when you talk about the way in which the players are taken seriously in the things that they want and in the things that they're about. I think that is uh, I think that is overall a good thing and and I think representative of of what's happening at a larger level.
0: But don't you feel that's a situation that's uh, much more prevalent in the NBA than it is in other leagues? Absolutely. I mean, it, the players have almost no power in the NFL. Yeah, players are commodities in the NFL. Players are assets in the NBA. Here's the thing. I think you are right. I think that is
1: less about, I I do think that's a lot about the sport itself, right? There's only one LeBron James, and in a certain way, yeah, there's only one Patrick
0: Mahomes, but but who LeBron James is is important to who he plays for. Who Patrick Mahomes is matters nothing to the NFL. Mm, That's not true.
1: That's not true. Who Patrick Mahomes is does matter to the NFL. But the difference is Mahomes is a bad example. Well he
0: is, and that's the point. The top five quarterbacks do matter who they are to the NFL, but almost everybody else, it doesn't matter.
1: But the problem is is that everybody else in the NBA is like two hundred guys, and then everybody else in the NFL is like three thousand guys. And so then it, it it gets it gets watered down in that way. And I understand what you're saying, and you're right, and yet nonetheless, I think that the owners are even in the NFL, are being pushed to um, create a relationship that is a two-way relationship with many of their players. And uh, look, in, in the NFL, man, you're going to have 40% roster turnover annually at a minimum, right? It's just like Guaranteed, And in some cases, it's going to be 75% mm-hmm. depending on the year. That's what it is. So I think a lot of it is about the sport as much as it's about anything else. But on, I do think that, that owners, presidents, and general managers, and players have a much more symbiotic relationship than they've ever had in sports, in professional sports. And I think that that is largely a good
0: thing. I totally agree with you, particularly when it comes to non-football. The, 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 I don't even want to call it immorality because the concept of morality is just completely and utterly irrelevant. It's not even exist. It's non-existent in the NFL, and that's that's something that I struggle with. Only because I find the NFL just wildly entertaining, yep. and I think that it's such an unbelievable test of will. And it's like I told you the other day, the thing I love about the NFL is that you're truly not allowed to be pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Paul George was pathetic in game seven. You cannot be pathetic in the NFL, man. It is point blank over. And the ruthlessness of that I think is great. But then the commodity making humans into commodities is a crazy thing. The meat market that exists, even when you talk about, high school football in a rural state like Montana through the college level, through the NFL is crazy in football. It is, but I also, I, I don't think that it's that unique to football, and on one hand, when
1: when you speak about when you speak about it as commodities, commoditization, it is it's very ugly to speak about it, and it's not incorrect to speak about it in that way, it's very ugly to speak about it that way. That said, the people are the product, too. Right? I mean, this is you, what they do, no one else can do. And so they are the only ones that can go out there and play the game the way that they do it because you and I cannot do it. And so... And their their bodies or the things that are making this cable, certainly their minds as well, but their physical makeup is what it is that can do this. That doesn't mean, even though that they're commodities, that they're not also taken seriously as people, as human beings, and having a relationship that is... Uh, is is a serious one and has you know a give and take within the power structure that exists. Even though the work that they're doing is they're not they're not the go between for them and the thing that they create, like a book or a you know or a, a, a bookshelf. They are they are the thing, and I think that is unique to sports in particular, and it's a very odd thing to think about. What
0: the my. Um worst is the worst is not a good word for this, but something that I find um, somewhat disheartening, but just sort of a way of life given the instantaneous nature of the media and its coverage of sports. I was thinking about this the other night when I was uh, watching the Nuggets. Mm. I was thinking to myself in terms of the national reputation of a pair of young players like Jokic and Jamal Murray, Mm -hmm. In fact, the best thing that could happen to them would be to lose, not to win. And I was thinking about how as soon as we as soon as your expectation level reaches a certain point where only fulfilling it over and over and over again makes the sports watching public consider you adequate and not a failure, not failing to live up to expectations is it's such an unique thing that only exists in sports. Like, for example, Giannis Antetokounmpo was this unbelievable story, this unbelievable star, and he still is, broadly. But when he won the first MVP for a small market team, it was a Cinderella story. Then the next year he comes back with a fury. It's not a fluke. They're the best team in the NBA. But now that they lost in five games to the Heat, the narrative completely switches. Can Giannis do it? How is he going to fulfill his potential? Will he ever win a championship? We're going to hear that every second until he does. And then once he does, then it'll be, will he ever win another one? And we've seen this with LeBron. LeBron James, as soon as he punched through and basically beat the Detroit Pistons by himself to go to his first finals, then it was, well, it's finals are bust for LeBron. LeBron can't win a championship. LeBron can't win the big one. And I was just thinking, like, if the Nuggets were to somehow come back and, and upset the Lakers and knock off LeBron and win the NBA title, it would be absolutely the peak for their reputation nationally because they'd be this wonderful Cinderella story, and they would never reach that level of overwhelming popularity and overwhelming uh, good vibes ever again. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's
1: still it's
0: better for them to lose. No, I totally agree. I'm just talking... But Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, once you set the expectation level for yourself, it's it's so interesting the way that the national narrative around you changes.
1: Yeah, and that Aaron is... Aaron Rodgers is the greatest example, true. right?
0: Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, when he won it, it was like, man, how many is this guy going to win? And then the fact that we thought... Well, once Aaron Rodgers won one, he's going to win five. And he hasn't. It's like, well, what's missing? What's wrong with him? Is yeah. he a malcontent? Is the, are the Packers just a disaster? What is going on with the Packers?
1: Right, right. No, and that's a very fair. That's a that's a really good analogy. And that's true. But it isn't better to not win for him then in 2011 or for LeBron when he did. And even for Giannis or Jamal Murray and these guys. Now, Dirk Nowitzki only won one. Right, and when he finally broke through, I think he was largely celebrated for it. Yeah, and I don't think that he got
0: Dirk is such a phenomenal example of this because Dirk, because he's sort of rickety, and was never this rickety. He's never this transcendent athlete, though. (laughs) I mean, he's a transcendent specimen of person. Jokic they're the same guy almost mm, yeah except for jokic weighs like 80 pounds more oh come i mean jokic is a house dude come on jokic if he weighs 80 pounds
1: more he should weigh 40 pounds less i mean all well, right i mean it's it ain't it ain't lebron's ABA yeah no i know pounds. but there,
0: there's i mean i mean rap about it for with me for a second because there is a distinct element of why dirk Nowitzki was different than everybody else yeah because he was 7 feet and shooting off a of 1 foot but but i i just mean in terms of the analysis of him it, this is this is what i'm talking about to come full circle about the meat market that is the recruiting game and the way that we Bestow hype Upon guys It's why I always Like they always say There's always these stats There's more two star guys In the NFL Than there is five star guys It's because if you're A five star guy You can literally do Nothing but fail that's, Unless
1: you're Javion Clowney Your point is this It's the expectation That surrounds you Right And that's and why was never
0: LeBron Or Kevin that's Durant That's right
1: And neither are Jamal Murray and Jokic Whew.
0: But Janis
1: is right. But Janis is, is right. Murray is different, though. No, not now, not yet. Right now, if they did this, it would be the greatest upset in the world. Mm-hmm. And next year, no one would expect the Nuggets to go back and win it. No one. You know? But if if, if true. Giannis true, won it, True, true,
0: but, say, but say, Jamal, say Jamal Murray won the championship this year mm-hmm. and then never won another one in his career. By and large, it would be spun as if he was a failure. Mm-hmm. Or that he didn't he didn't quite do what we thought he, he could. He, yeah, he never he never
1: came back. I think it's uh, there's more to it than that. But hey, well, how old is he? Twenty three? Maybe even twenty two? Well, we're about a decade and fifty or fifteen years from having this conversation. So let's not you know fill the egg basket just yet.
0: Well, and he would be the only he'd be the first guy to do it since Dwayne Wade. To do what? To be like the number one two guard, to be like the number one scoring guard on a championship team yeah. that 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 is that young that's it it, it doesn't mean. happen when you're before the age of 25 in the NBA
1: uh he's still by the way uh, seven games away from doing it which is uh, quite a long ways at this point to tell new 102.9 ESPN Radio. we'll take a quick break on the other side Neil Daly he's a tight end he's a linebacker he's everything. Billings West High School. is going to join us. Tell him what's going on at Billings West. He'll also, commit to Montana State. So he will join us right after this. Hey, Kurtz Polaris is at twenty nine zero four West Broadway in Missoula. Highway eighty three in Seely. The weather is warming up. It is. In fact, cooling off, but it is getting warm for the weekend. Uh, It looks like very nice to get outside, go scout camp, get your dirt bikes out there. You can get up and back in a hurry on a beta or Husqvarna dirt bike, or you can get your side-by-side going. Take camping gear up there, whatever you need to go walk around in the woods. Your Razor, your Ranger, your General, all the Polaris side-by-sides are as good as it gets. They will get you up and back safely, happily, enjoyable. They also have all the accessories, the clothing you could need, the apparel, all the safety equipment, helmets, gloves, and so forth for whatever equipment it is that you need or you want this fall and heading into, well, hunting season, all the fun that's to be had out in the wider world in the state of Montana. Okay, go to KurtzPolaris.com to check out all the inventory. Again, two locations in western Montana, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 in Seeley. Recreate the way you always envisioned with Kurtz Polaris online at kurtzpolaris.com. Welcome back. Tutela Nuwana's, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus at 102.9 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. We wanted to talk to Neil Daly. We'll see if we can get Neil Daly going here in just a minute. But, Colter, Neil Daly is a, a, a defensive end and linebacker uh, from Billings West, Yes, high school, and he's a commit to Montana State. But interestingly, started his career off here
0: in uh, in Missoula at Sentinel uh, at Sentinel High School. He's a standout athlete at Sentinel. He was one of the rising stars on the track team that won the state championship. Sentinel's first Class AA state championship in track since 1963. Daly was a sophomore uh, that year, and he placed in the high jump, scored some points in the high jump individually, scored some points. He's actually third in the high jump, got a bronze medal. Then He also uh, scored points in the 200 meters. I believe he was sixth in the 200 meters, which is impressive for a guy his size. Granted, he was a little bit Uh, more slender uh, back during his sophomore year. But nonetheless, uh, a kid who can run really well. And he was also uh, one of the legs on the 4 by 100 meter team that got second to Billings West, and that was a really fast, short relay team as well. So uh, he's a guy who can really run, and then his football career has definitely blossomed since he moved to Billings and moved to Billings West. He was a second-team All-State defensive end a year ago. He's one of these guys where you, you recruit this kid for what he could be. And I think he's showing what he could be now early on in his senior year. But a lot of the offers that he, he got, an offer from Air Force, which is a Mountain West offer, yeah. impressive, as well as Montana, Montana State. But they're recruiting this kid based on potential because he's a long, lean, athletic kid who can really move side to side as well as has dead straight speed. And look at Montana State's defense, that 3-4 defense, both the edge spots, the Buckend and the Sam linebacker spot, both those spots – uh, you need to be able to run. And uh, I see this kid more as a Sam-type guy because I just don't know if he's going to be able to get up to like the 250, 260 range. Bryce Circ played that spot about 260 last year. Yeah, I don't know if Daly's got that in him. Well, he could definitely be 230 and still be able to run and, and play that Sam linebacker spot like Troy Anderson's playing right now. But uh, he, he's a intriguing prospect because I think he's got a lot of upside, and it's a cool connection, the fact that he's been in – uh, Missoula now playing for Billings West. We've had a couple of the Sentinel guys in here. We heard from Gina Leonard earlier, and I was teasing him yesterday. I said, that'd be kind of cool for you guys because they're so friends with Neil. They're the same class. And, yeah. And I uh, said, so that'd be kind of cool and fun for you guys if you guys got to play West in the state championship. He said, oh, yeah, it'd be great to compete against him."
1: You know, it's interesting when you talk about defensive end, too, because we assume defensive linemen are, are big guys, right? But we understand generally speaking the athleticism of the defensive end and also the defensive end has become a very blurred position in a lot of defensive fronts right where you have really outside linebackers that are playing you know defensive the the traditional defensive end position on half the defensive snaps you know they move up and they're coming off the edge and that but the idea of of trying to get the maximum amount of quote athleticism to size ratio right i mean that's what you want you want to be able to have the strength to go through a guy if you need to with the quickness and speed to go around or past or swim or whatever if you need to as well is that still like how big do you absolutely have to be like if you were just here's my point jamal adams comes off the edge He's not going against the offensive tackle when he's lining up. I understand that. And yet he's sitting up there at 2.05 or whatever he is. Well, right. And he's smoke showing because he's so quick. Now, if you're well, going to play that position all the time, you can't be that. But what's the minimum that you can be if you are fast enough? Well, they they, they can't block you if they
0: can't touch you. Right. right. That's, That's what the, I'm saying. Matt McNeil's never big. Good luck. Yeah. You can't block him. Mac Middle's yeah. well I mean his hand fighting was crazy. Mac Middle, yeah. he's through it. You yeah. can't touch him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I mean, he played that Sam spot as good as anybody I've ever seen for multiple I mean, he had like sixty tackles for a loss in his last three years at Montana State. Right. And he was two hundred pounds. I mean, he's he's not that big. I mean, obviously Montana State is with the scheme that they're running right now, they're gonna they're they're they're, they're spoiled to a level that I think that they'll never be spoiled again, at least under this coaching staff, because you're never going to have a guy like Troy Anderson again. You're never going to have 6'4", 240, who can straight up bounce out and play nickel and you're fine. That's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, he was guarding slot guys easily last year. Yeah. He almost had a couple of picks guarding slot guys step for step. It's an anomaly. You're not going to have that I mean, yeah. that guy plays at Oregon, not at Montana State, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that what what you're getting at is is true. Mass maybe is a little bit overrated because I think that if you can run and you can shed blocks, uh, particularly at that Sam spot, the Buck guy in the, this, he's going to be up on the line of stand up the, the end quite a bit. He will be engaging at the point of attack. He'll have to split a tight end and a tackle sometimes. You do need to have some mass for that. Yeah. But when you're playing the Sam spot though, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you can get by. Daniel Hardy, who's the guy who's probably going to play in place of Troy Anderson this year, he's about 220, 225. I think that's fine. I think that's just good enough.
1: We'll take a quick break on the other side. We'll see if we can get uh, to, uh, to Neil Daly. If we can't, we'll try and reload that for you tomorrow. One way or the other, we will uh, find a way. We also got some Thursday night football. The uh, two best color schemes in all of sports about to play football tonight. In the Jags and the Dolphins can't wait. All that coming up right after this. They had the Silver Slipper. Sports are back. And the Silver Slipper has 55 televisions for you to watch them on. That's right. That's plenty. And you really need them all because you got MLB, NHL, NBA, and NFL, not to mention college football, all happening. And it's all happening right now, and it's all on at the Silver Slipper. Drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. You, you know, you've got to keep yourself fed, for crying out loud. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food. Tasty drinks and their urge to have a good time. And by the way, the card room is back open again. Games nightly at 7 o'clock. Call or text 333 or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best kept secrets. Across the street from Walmart on Brooks and check them out on Facebook as well for daily drink special updates and up to the minute information. It's the Silver Slipper.
2: Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices, and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: Welcome back to Telling the 109 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you here on a Thursday afternoon. We're going to get you Neil Daly tomorrow. Promise. 100%. And Jace Yeah, it's going to be great. couple of high school coaches as well. The chick who doesn't know sports. Loaded up for a Friday for you uh, out there, boys and girls. Uh, if you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The 2 the Nuwana's podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Listen. Appreciate that. The Two-Tale Nuwana's podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Um, by the way, have you ever tried live? You should. It's from Trail West Bank. What is it? Well, think about an ATM with a personal touch. It's like a family team member on video who helps bank your way. See how live can make your busy life a little easier. Make deposits, withdrawals, transfer funds, and more. That's from Trail West Bank. Uh, Coulter, tonight, Jags, Dolphins, Jacksonville one and one one of the surprises of the early 2020 season they're a three-point favorite against the Dolphins who when are we going to see Tia Tua excuse me I don't know probably not too soon right Fitzpatrick's gonna do his thing
0: who do you like tonight I mean he might do his thing but it doesn't matter if you if I mean if you're 0-4 0-5 you gotta go yeah I I I think here's the answer to when you're gonna see Tua talk about Loa when he's healthy, that's exactly. The,
1: it has nothing to do with who's who's better, who's ready to go, whatever. It's. I mean, there's, how, there,
0: there's no question who's better. Tua Tagovailoa has one of the greatest arms in the history of football. Okay, well, I mean, there's been a lot of
1: good arms, Marcus Russell, that haven't been the best player of all time. <laughs> it's just like kay. sacrilegious to compare
0: Tua Tagovailoa to Jamarcus Russell. I
1: completely. There's no question he's he's gonna play, and I think he's gonna be a very very good pro, if not a great pro. Okay, so I'm not I'm I'm not saying that. You're absolutely right. It's only and all about how they how comfortable they feel about his hip and his health and even though he's out there moving around the dolphins aren't going anywhere this season right they're not going anywhere so why get out there and 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 be anything but perfectly certain that this guy is as healthy as he can possibly be before you roll him out there and let him start going and by the way what better guy than Ryan Fitzpatrick to have that's there to 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 run it for you you know what I mean regardless of how much he's teaching directly or indirectly or whatever I mean Fitzpatrick's been in this role a long long time he knows what he's doing he's you know a consummate pro as they say and and um, you know I, f- I think that it's a good situation for Tua right, right at this moment.
0: There's been a mass exodus from Jacksonville that's been well chronicled and, and been well-publicized in all the narratives surrounding the league. I told you that I thought the Jags... I, you, you and Sean Rennie were both arguing that you thought they were one of the worst teams in the league. I definitely don't think that they're any better than towards the top of the bottom third, but I never thought they were one of the worst teams in the league. And why is that? Because I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a pretty darn good front seven. I know they've given up some yards so far this year but they're better personnel wise and I think people give them credit for you have to remember that they drafted the best pass rusher in the entire draft two years ago Josh Allen out of Kentucky the kid is a freak he's a great player they also drafted Taven Bryant that same draft he's an interior guy from Florida who probably would have been a top 15 pick had he not had some other issues but they still have Miles Jack when he's healthy he's really good they still got Joe Schobert, who's one of the best inside linebackers in the league one of the most unknown guys in the league I mean he led the league league and tackles two years in a row. I mean, he's a great player. They have talent in the secondary, and I think that when you have a guy that your team believes in playing quarterback, it takes you a long ways, and I do think they believe in Gardner Minshew. They do. How can you not? Everybody should believe in Gardner Minshew. Look at him. James Robinson out of Illinois State. If you watched Illinois State at all last year, FCS guys got jobbed by the fact that there was no... Because of all the things that happened with no pro days and things like that. James Robinson absolutely would have gotten drafted if this would have been a normal year. He's an unbelievably talented player. He's one of the best running backs I've seen in the FCS. And so the fact is, if he rushes for 89 yards tonight, he'll have the most yards through three games in the history of the NFL by an undrafted player. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not arguing that the Jags are some revelation or something like that. I just think that they're a team that is the Jags are the quintessential. They've already done it so far this year. They're the quintessential team. That's going to screw up the notion of picking NFL games on paper because they're going to win six games and they're going to beat teams that they shouldn't beat. I got the dolphins. Wow. Yeah, at least
1: to cover you uh, hate the dolphins, yeah, do. but for no rational reason. Oh, yeah. whatsoever. No, you, what do you mean? Not rational. That's, Putrid no. uniforms, awful, awful uniforms. <laughs> uh, before we go, just Mike want to remind him. everybody tonight.
0: Rising star Devonte Parker, watch him, watch him. No, Devonte Parker is what he is. He's an adequate but not tremendous NFL wide receiver. Mike Geseki has a chance to be a top five tight end, maybe better. Uh, that that I don't care about anything you said. That's football
1: stuff. PPR league, buddy. What Devonte Parker? What's that? Let's go. Um. Before we go, just want to remind everybody, though, again, coming out in just minutes now, as soon as we're done here, uh, the newest episode of Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions and uh, this one, our first defensive player. Blaine McElmurray. And Blaine McElmurray, at the top of the show, if you were with us, you heard a, a, a portion, an excerpt of our conversation with him. And just fun, man. Just a great guy, great to talk to, great stories, and uh, and and just a lot of fun all the way around. Obviously, I mean, one of the one of the, again, great, great Montana football players in the history of the program. Uh, went and played in the league, but also very down-to-earth and, and personable guy. And uh, a blast to talk to him. So, take a look at that Grizz Greats is available everywhere on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. You can get it on, on Transistor, on Spotify, however you want to watch it. Or you can just go to grizzgreats.com, too. You can listen right there on the website if you choose to do that as well. So wherever you want to get it, you can get it. Uh, but uh, the newest episode is out now we're, uh, or, or very shortly here in the next number of minutes. And we will have that out for you. And we're excited to uh, release it to you today.
0: Can't wait to make you scream tomorrow over this. Uh, you actually probably going to make me scream oh boy. over this. This is great. Uh, the NCAA Division One Council now has a proposal on in front of them to get rid of win requirements for bowl teams, which then would mean that feasibly yes. a team with zero wins yes. could go to a bowl—the misery bowl in Nome, Alaska, between two zero-win teams on January first. Wait, to watch.